The, the biggest mistake that I made was not properly inspecting all the products that I was sending into Amazon. I had one supplier who wasn't as trustworthy, and that is mainly what led to one or two of the suspensions that I had in the past. And those suspensions could set you back so much in terms of cash flow and in terms of just keeping your business going and, and your momentum. Welcome to the What the Heck Do You Do Career Podcast, an inspiring look into the everyday jobs of everyday people. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Carol Dweck from Careers by Carol. And today we have an awesome guest. I'm just going to paint the picture for you of what's going on in the world right now. It's 2020. We're mid-corona. Stores have been shut down. Most people can't go into a retail store and e-commerce selling things online is booming. But today's guest had the foresight to get into e-commerce from years ago. So I think it's so super relevant to what's going on right now. And I'm so excited to introduce him. Eddie, how's it going? Hey, Carol. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So excited to have you because you are one of my inspirations, my mentors. You're so amazingly entrepreneurial. You've been so for such a long time. And People forget that being an entrepreneur is sort of a career, um, and what you do is really both a career and entrepreneurial, so I think it's a, it's a perfect match. So tell us, Eddie, what the heck do you do? <laughs> so I am the founder slash owner of Brand Central Stores. Um, we're primarily an e-commerce company, mainly selling on Amazon, selling a combination of clothing, shoes, jewelry, electronics, basically whatever I could get my hands on at the right price. Um, and thank God it has really uh, been an unbelievable journey. Um, been going on for a couple of years now, a few different things that led me to this point, and I'm sure we'll get there uh, pretty soon, but um, it's just been absolutely incredible. And e-commerce, like everybody knows, um, is a really growing field. There's so much opportunity in it, and I'm so glad that I made the decision a few years ago to uh, be a part of this industry. Yeah, it's definitely a huge industry, and I'm sure when we're listening to this in a few years, we're going to realize just how big and how much of a turning point this point was for e-commerce. And just for people who don't really understand, e-commerce is mostly just selling things online, right? Right, exactly. So there are a couple different platforms to really sell online. There's Walmart, there's eBay, um, there's Newegg, a a bunch of of big ones, but really Amazon, I think everybody knows, is the king. Um, So I've focused myself primarily just on selling on Amazon. Um, but there are a lot of people who kind of do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And it can also include selling on your own website, right? Yes, definitely. A lot of people do that. I haven't gotten to that point um, because for the kinds of items that I sell, it wouldn't be so conducive. But um, selling on Amazon has been the perfect kind of route for me so far. Okay, cool. So before we get more into that, run us through your day-to-day. Yeah, absolutely. So um Running an e-commerce business, specifically an Amazon business, is a combination of a lot of different things. There's really no order to my day. I I don't go in and say, all right, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. is going to be for emails. Um, It's really just as different things are coming up, as different important tasks um, are kind of hitting me, I I work on those. So there's a combination of sourcing, um, sending in shipments to Amazon, uploading items to Amazon, researching brands and finding um, the right kinds of items that I want to sell, looking at trade shows and and going to trade shows, 
to find those right brands and to find the right distributors. Um, so it's really a, a combination of a lot of different things and then maintaining relationships with my suppliers, putting orders together, which is a very big part of the day-to-day, um, and then just kind of overseeing the general finances and the actual Amazon account, which includes managing credit cards, opening up credit card accounts, um, overseeing a lot. Of stuff. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no shortage of components to running an Amazon business. Right. So you started off with saying you're looking to like source products. So what does that look like? Like, how do you go about figuring out what products would be good to sell? Right. So there are actually a lot of different ways to source products. Um, one of them is going direct to manufacturers, like let's say a uh, Timberland Shoes, right? They manufacture um, mainly overseas, but they're headquartered here in the U.S. They have warehouses here. So somebody like me, I'll go to a brand like that um, and open up an account with them and and source directly from, from them. But then there's also distributors um, who kind of will have access to a lot of different brands. Um, and if you open up an account with them, you kind of are just constantly gazing through their lists. Um, they have long Excel uh, spreadsheets with uh, thousands of items. Very often you have programs that kind of sort through that and find the right items for Amazon. Um, so that's one thing. I mean, also going to trade shows is a big part of it, doing research in advance of those shows to kind of see day-to-day which brands are doing well on Amazon. That includes looking at the ranks of, of all their products on Amazon, which tells you basically how many units of that item sells per month. Um, and then just overall looking and constantly looking at what other people are doing, what brands are becoming uh, popular more and more in the world, and just trying to find ways to get your hands on those products. Mm-hmm. So just to clarify, some people manufacture their own goods and then sell them on Amazon, but you're looking to find people who have already manufactured, they have inventory, or they have um, the ability to to make their inventory, they're outsourcing it or whatever they're doing, and then you go to them and say, I can sell this for you, like I'll buy it from you. And do they know you're selling it on Amazon or they don't even care what you're doing with it? So there are different scenarios. Some brands do know, some brands don't know. Um, that's kind of part of the Amazon business where there are certain brands who try very hard to limit the number of people selling them. Um, Obviously, there's no legal inability to sell any brand. It's just a matter of whether the brand wants you to or not. So it's a combination of those things. Um, And going back to what you were saying before, there are kind of two different main components of selling on Amazon, or two, two different ways to sell branded products on Amazon. There's private label, which would mean that you create your own brand, you create your own listings and try to optimize them and advertise them. Um, and then, so that, that's one main way. And then the other way is doing what I do, which is sourcing existing brands, mm-hmm. um, items that have been around very often for decades or for years. Um, and just trying to diversify within lots of different brand categories, lots of different products so that you're never reliant on one thing or one brand or one product. Um, and, you know, so that's the route that I chose. It's, it's a more investing model where you're constantly investing and reinvesting in merchandise. Um, but there is so much opportunity in it. Right. So what would you say are like the main pros and cons of doing it the way that you are doing it, like not the private label route? 
Right. So the, the biggest pros are that you never need to create something from the ground up. Um, these are all items that are already there. You kind of know already how well they sell. Mm-hmm. You know that you're a lot less likely to get stuck with something because it's it's there and it already sells. Um, the cons, really, of doing what I do as opposed to private labels is that you have a lot less control over it. First of all, very often you're competing with, it could be 10 sellers or more on any particular listing where everybody's just trying to get to the lowest price possible so that you can make that sale. So you have little control in that regard. And you also have little control in terms of if the brand really does not want you to sell their product, they have certain tools to make sure that you end up not being able to sell it. So those are just a few of the things. Um, but overall, I'm very happy in the direction that I chose. Mm-hmm. So like you gave the example before, like Timberland shoes. So you had them, you put a listing on Amazon and basically you're competing with all the other people who sell Timberland shoes or you're competing with the people who sell shoes and like all the people who sell Timberland shoes are like in one listing. How does that work? So I think you you really are competing with everybody, even with people that sell other brands of shoes kind of indirectly, but in a more direct way, you kind of feel more like you're competing with the people who are selling that particular item. Um, you know, very often, let's say an item retails for one eighty nine, um, but there are 10 sellers on that item. It could be a matter of just days or even hours before that price drops from one eighty nine to one forty five. And right there, your margin has gone down to either nothing or very little. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big challenge in terms of competing with other right. sellers. You have to figure out if it's worth selling at the price that they're selling for. Like if you're going to lose money on it, but you're going to sell the inventory. So I guess it's just like a constant numbers game. Right. And it's even trying to anticipate what's going to happen in the near future. Um, you could buy something that right now is selling for the full retail price of 189 and it looks great. But is that item going to become available to tens of sellers who are going to you know, within a week or two, be competing with you and, and dropping the price. So there's a lot of that. And, and because of that, you're really always trying to put together well-rounded orders of a lot of different products um, so that, you know, you're never really relying on that one particular item. Mm-hmm. So how do you try to forecast? Because that seems like a hard thing to do. Yeah, it's hard to really explain. I think a lot of it just comes with experience and and doing it for a little bit and tracking different listings for a little while. I can tell you that when I was getting started, I had a lot of time before I actually started selling on Amazon myself where I was learning how it worked. And I saw throughout the course of months, you know, how an item could go from hot to kind of the listing being beat up Mm -hmm. or an an item could could be great uh, and sustain itself. Um, so I think the best thing that you could really do is kind of give it some time to learn um, in advance uh, of, of actually starting yourself, you know, kind of learn how um, how that works and, and get some experience just seeing it so that you could better forecast your um, on your own end. Oh, so you would just like pick a random product and say, OK, I'm going to watch it today and then I'm going to watch it tomorrow and watch it over the course of a few weeks and see what happens. Yeah, I think that's one way to do it. I I could go further into kind of how I started, but at a certain point I was just selling some of these brands to other Amazon sellers. So from that, I got a feel for um, how these items sell over the course of time and how to manage so many different products, so many different listings and different variations of products, even within just one brand. 
So from doing that with other sellers, I was able to learn over the course of some time before I even started doing it myself, really how, um, how to watch those listings and how to uh, get a feel for putting together orders and, and being able to eventually be able to do it myself. So how does that work working with other Amazon sellers? So that was actually a couple of years ago. Um, I kind of started with a couple of, uh, of brands that were hot at the time. And I realized that there was the potential to sell these brands to other Amazon sellers at a markup because I was getting it for basically the lowest price possible because I had the direct connection. I had a store uh, to, to open an account with that brand through. Right. So you started off in, in the retail space. Exactly. So a couple of years back, actually, this goes back five or six years, there were a couple of brands that were particularly strong um, that I realized did not have full representation in Brooklyn. Um, and I had a connection through my father who is in the retail space. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want to be specific on the brands or we want to keep those DL? No, I think we'll just keep it general because they're a bunch. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, I saw the potential to get into, uh, into the retail in these particular areas where these brands were underrepresented. And um, I opened up kind of shops within a shop. Um, I I found a couple of boutique stores where I was able to take a small space and be able to open up a retail shop kind of within that store where I was just subleasing a small amount of space and then kind of running my own little shop. So from that, I just, I learned retail. Eventually I learned from some different brands, how e-commerce was working um, and how I saw how everything was kind of shifting from retail to Mm e-commerce. And as that went on, you learned how to look at different brands and eventually how to be able to do it yourself. So would you recommend to somebody who wants to do e-commerce to start off in the retail space or at this point there's no need? Um, I, I think it really depends on the situation. If you have a certain brand that you could see excelling in retail, um, there, that's definitely a, a certain route that you could take. Um, I'd say, though, that since I did that, there's been less and less opportunity in the retail space. Mm-hmm. It's become more and more e-commerce focused. Right. So going off of that, are there any specific requirements you would say for getting into the e-commerce space in terms of education or just general skill sets? Yeah. So in terms of just things like degrees or or paper requirements, there aren't really any. Um, It's it's a business that anybody without any degree could really get into and and start up. Um, But there are a lot of skills that I think are really important to have. Um, Things like being able First of all, being hardworking and um, being very hungry. Uh, You know, it's a lot of work. It doesn't come overnight. There's a lot of uh, really just day-to-day work that leads up to eventually being able to start up a successful Amazon store. Um, And then eventually, beyond that point, it becomes very much about patience and long-term vision and um, not feeling the need to uh, kind of take all your profits at one time or, you know, it's kind of just having an eye on the long term and realizing the need to reinvest and be patient um, and seeing, you know, that long term kind of vision. Mm -hmm. So being patient, being hungry and being able to sort of like see trends, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, Knowing how to do research and, 
and being good with numbers is also very important because you're constantly looking and seeing um, what items are selling well and, and what kind of sales will I do if I buy that item and how do I manage my cash flow? Um, you know, when you're investing so much money in these items and, and you have to pay it, let's say you pay by a credit card, you have to pay it within 30 to 60 days. Um, how do I make sure that I'm always going to be, you know, cash flowing in a positive way that will leave me in a position to be able to keep investing and keep on buying products and growing your own store? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to get started in the e-commerce world, because I guess the good thing is you don't need any degrees, but the the scary thing about that also is there's no like straight path, which I know a lot of people get nervous about because it's like, oh, if I do this, this, and this, then I'll become a doctor. And it's like so nice and clear. So what do you think you would recommend for somebody who wants to get started in this field? Like what should they be doing right now? So I think there's a few different things you could do. One way to start would be to just work, start working with an e-commerce company, um, you know, if, if you know of a company or even a friend or a relative who sells on Amazon, I'm sure there's somebody they, they would be somebody who would be looking for help because there, there's so much to yeah. do in, in running a company like this. Um, so there's so much opportunity. I, I could tell you that I just took on an intern recently and right away we were able to go into some really important things. And it's not, you know, low level, tedious work. It's really things like sourcing and uploading shipments and all the things that I do day to day, I was able to kind of give, you know, help that intern get, get gain that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, doing that and, and gaining that experience with somebody who's already doing it could be extremely valuable in, um, you know, getting to a point where eventually you're, you're able to do it yourself. Right. Yeah. The truth is, especially during this time, the number one job that people are looking for and that people call me up for all the time is, do you know somebody who's good with e-commerce? And people are really looking for that, especially because that's what they're looking towards the younger generation to be able to do. And people are realizing that like the brick and mortar stores are not going to be sustainable in this market. Right. I I think we're all kind of seeing what the trends are for the future. Um, As much as, you know, I have a background in retail, my family does, um, and, you know, I, I do think retail will always be there. It's just hard to see that opportunity for somebody who's starting out today um, when you compare it to something like e-commerce where the potential is seemingly unlimited. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Amazon's growth year over year. You see other platforms kind of growing and starting to eat into that market. Uh, you know, Walmart and eBay and all these companies that are that are growing. Um, and there's there's just so much potential there. There's potential to you know, build up your own website. Um, I, I really do believe strongly that it's the wave of the future and that it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and that it's, it's the right thing for a lot of people who otherwise would probably be in the retail market, um, to kind of learn the e-commerce game. Mm -hmm. So if somebody doesn't have a relative or somebody that can teach them and you gave a really good tip before, which is just like, start following the market. I mean, the like Amazon listings on your own and see like how they're doing and stuff. But is there anything else that somebody can do to gain the concrete skills that you would need? Or you think it's more just like you have those soft skills and you need somebody to be able to take a chance on you? Yeah, well, you definitely it's definitely not the only route. Um, I, I think, you know, with patience and with giving it some time, somebody could potentially 
uh, just kind of learn it on their own. Even even without working for somebody, you could spend some time looking at Amazon listings, looking at different brands, uh, learning ranks, talking to people in the industry to just gain some general guidance and get some tools from them, some softwares that could help. And then eventually maybe you go to one trade show where you meet a couple of suppliers mm-hmm. or or you have uh, somebody that you know who just sells different branded products or you have a brand that you've been working on starting yourself and you want to try to private label that product onto Amazon. Um, there are so many different ways really to do this and so many different routes to get there. Um, and I just think that the common theme behind all of them is just being patient and knowing that you're not going to go into it overnight and start selling millions. Um, it's, it's going to take time, research, patience, um, and, you know, a, a little bit of an investment sometimes, but, um, overall there's just, there's such a great opportunity if you're willing to take that time and, and do that work and, and be patient with it. Yeah, for sure. So you said earlier that you chose Amazon. Amazon's like the biggest um, e-commerce website. But I, I, I've heard from people that they also have like really, really strict and annoying regulations. So can you speak yes. to that a little bit? Yeah, I could tell you all about that. Uh, <laughs> I've had, <laughs> had a couple of experiences with Amazon that have actually been really tough um, in terms of they have a department called seller performance where they kind of really closely monitor your account for any complaints from buyers um, and, you know, whether they complain that they think an item might be fake or an item might be used when it was advertised as new. Um, a lot of different other things. You could be sending shipping products to customers late. So there are a lot of, you know, close things that they watch. And it's kind of a very automated system. There are a lot of algorithms behind it. Um, and there are people hired overseas, low-level employees who are really running this. And ultimately, they make big decisions into sellers' accounts to uh, potentially take down not only listings that a seller has, but also even an entire account. So it could happen. It, it, it happened to me. Wait, so where- you're saying that like one person can say, oh, I think that this is fake. And then an algorithm can say your entire account is shut down. You can't sell on Amazon at all. Basically, um, let's say you're a seller who you could be selling thousands of items a month, right? Um, you could get five or six complaints from customers over the course of just five, six months, um, which in the big scheme of things, that's you know less than 1% of the items that you sell that you're getting complaints on, right? So that that's kind of natural. That's just the nature right. of mm-hmm. being in business. It would happen in a retail store that certain items are going to be complained about. It happens anywhere. Um, with that, they will very often suspend your entire account and then leave you to a very tedious and long and inefficient process to try to get that account back up. Um, it requires appeals, um, kind of dealing with a department that you're never able to speak to or get real answers from. Um, it's, there, there's a lot to go into there, but I'll, I'll just leave it for now as, you know, it, it's a very inefficient system where your entire livelihood could be dependent on a department that you have no access to. And that's, that's a really scary part of the selling on Amazon kind yeah. of thing. So for that reason, would you recommend diversifying into different, um, like avenues like Walmart and eBay and other things? Yeah, absolutely. So 
I think there's a, a bunch of different ways to diversify. There is diversifying within e-commerce, which would entail, like you said, um, opening up an account with eBay and Walmart and all other different platforms so that your sales could be spread out. I can tell you that those are still such a tiny fraction of Amazon, but they are growing. I think Walmart is looking like it's going to be very successful in the near future. So that's, that is a real opportunity, but I still see Amazon as the king. So the opportunity to, to diversify within Amazon comes in different ways. There are ways to diversify the products that you sell, uh, making sure that you're selling lots of different brands, lots of different products, so that you're never relying on one brand or one product <laughs> that you could lose overnight or that a listing could go bad. Um, but the other thing is potentially having multiple routes with Amazon, multiple accounts even with Amazon, where technically you're, you're not supposed to um, open up multiple accounts for the same purpose, uh, you know, for selling the same brands or the same products. Um, but let's say you have different businesses, different partnerships um, with other people. There, there are ways, as long as you keep everything separate, to have multiple accounts. Um, so this way, if one account gets shut down, you know, you still have that other uh, cash flow route kind of still going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. When they do shut you down, how long do they shut you down for? So it really varies. It could be a day. Um, it could be weeks or months. Um, wow. That's crazy. And yeah. So you kind of have to be prepared uh, for that to happen at any given time because it happens to pretty much everybody who sells on Amazon. It's, you, you could speak to different Amazon sellers and everybody knows about the problem and most have experienced it at least once, if not many times. Um, just because it's kind of the nature of selling on Amazon where you're going to get, um, you, you know, you're going to get complaints here and there or anything could happen that could lead to a potential suspension. So, you know, it's important to be prepared for that. And I've learned as I've gone on and I'm still working on that, but I'm learning more and more how to be prepared for that, both in terms of your cash flow and also in terms of having something else running so that you still have a business going um, mm-hmm. if something like that happens. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess you know a lot about Amazon. So maybe switching gears for a second. Um, you have any advice for just the consumers on Amazon? Like how do we know when a, when a listing is a good listing versus like not such a good listing? Yeah, you, you mean in terms of, of somebody just buying something, how to yeah. know what to buy? Yeah, there are a lot of things to look for. Obviously, reviews um, are, are the main thing. You know, there's so many items that have hundreds or thousands of reviews, you know, four or four and a half stars. That's always a good indication. It's important to read through those reviews when you're comparing different products. Uh, you can also see how long an item has been up on Amazon. There's a little feature on the bottom where it'll say the date that it's been up since. So you uh, want to look for something that's been up for longer or something that's been up for shorter? Well, I, I think it depends. I think if you see something that's been up for a long time but has very few reviews, that's you know maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of a red flag right. that that might not be the best item. But something if it was put up recently in the past year and it already has a hundred reviews, that sounds like it's probably a hot item, and there's a reason why people are are buying it. Um, and then just also, you're always looking for price. Um, the amazing thing about Amazon as a consumer is that you have the largest e-commerce marketplace by far. I think Amazon owns over 50% of the e-commerce marketplace. Um, you know, you have exposure to that in one easy place where you're able to just search, let's say you need a desk. 
you search for a desk and you see a million options come up um, and you can sort by price and, and you're basically almost guaranteed to find the cheapest option available in e-commerce in a matter of minutes. And that's, you know, that's an amazing thing that didn't exist 10, 20 years ago as much. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I like those tips. Um, so as like a business owner, I'm sure there's like a lot of weight on your shoulders. Have you ever made like a big mistake that kind of cost you? And if so, how did you learn from it? Right. So going into, you know, going back kind of to what we were just talking about with Amazon suspensions, that has been clearly easily the number one challenge in maintaining an Amazon business. Um, and there was one mistake I did make that led to that. Um, obviously, you know, when you're selling on Amazon in the way that I do, you're dealing with a lot of different suppliers. Um, it could be 40, 50 different suppliers at times. So it, it's important, it's very important to kind of be on top of those suppliers and knowing what kind of products they're selling you, the condition of those products. So I've made the unfortunate mistake of not doing enough research and not looking enough into every single supplier, which left me in a position where I had one supplier who wasn't as trustworthy. And because of that, I was unknowingly sending in products to Amazon that were not in the best condition. And that is partly or even mainly what led to one or two of the suspensions that I had in the past. Um, and those suspensions could set you back so much in terms of cash flow and in terms of just keeping your business going and, and, and your momentum. So the, the biggest mistake that I made was not properly vetting and um, checking and inspecting all the products that I was sending into Amazon before I did. Um, and that led, you know, it, it's something I learned from. Um, and I've gotten a lot better with that. And now I, I'm making sure only to send in, you know, tip top products in, in perfect condition, exactly as advertised on Amazon with the proper packaging. Um, but, you know, for a, a little while, I didn't realize the importance of doing that and how much it could come back to haunt you if you don't. For sure. Does that mean like checking in on the actual products or asking for references on, on the suppliers? How would you go about vetting them yeah there's a bunch of ways first of all um making sure that you're buying direct from the manufacturer uh, very often that's key in itself you know you know that when you're buying it from the brand itself that you're getting the right product um that you're getting the new condition and that everything's perfect but let's say you're buying from a distributor who you know that that's basically a secondhand source because they're the ones that are probably buying it from the manufacturer um there's a few things you could do you could call up the, manuf the manufacturer itself and confirm that that distributor is an authorized distributor. This way you know that they are selling, you know, that, that they're authorized to sell the products and that they're going to be selling it to you in the right condition and that it's 100% authentic and so on and so forth. Um, also, it's important to just make sure that you're seeing the products before you're sending them into Amazon. So for a little while, I was having some suppliers send in products straight to Amazon for me without um, really, you know, looking at them. And that leaves you vulnerable to kind of sending in products that are in subpar condition or shape. Mm -hmm. um, so from that, you know, I, I learned to make sure that you always are, you know, just looking at, or at least overseeing shipments before you send them into Amazon. That's great advice. So the truth is we, we've spoken a lot about e-commerce specifically, but can you speak a little bit to just like 
being an entrepreneur and what that's like and things that people should know about starting their own venture? Yeah. So I'd say one of the most important things to know is that none of it comes overnight um, and that kind of things have a way of one thing leading to another, right? I never really had the vision to necessarily be in e-commerce. It was just like, you kind of know an opportunity when you see one and then, you know, you, all you could do when you see that opportunity and you believe in it is to pursue it. Um, And once, you know, you have that, that will somehow lead to the next thing. And even if that thing that you started is only going to last a year or two, it's somehow most likely going to lead to something else that will be more sustainable and more longer lasting. So I think it's important to always be looking out for opportunities, always take time to think, uh, to see what's going on in the world, to see what's changing, what trends can be capitalized on, uh, you know, no, also knowing what you're good at and what you're passionate about, um, because those are always going to be the best things that you could, you know, the things that you're going to be the most successful in um, when you have that day-to-day passion for it. Um, as long as you're, you know, really, as long as you believe in what you're doing and, uh, believe in the product or the service that you're providing and you're pursuing it relentlessly, you know, with full passion, um, you have a pretty good chance and, you know, always just take that opportunity when it presents itself, run after it and see what it leads to and talk to people about it and, and things will come up and opportunities will arise. And I think that's the best way that you could look at, you know, being an entrepreneur. Oh, so well said. So many great things in there. Following just opportunities as they come, you know, knowing that you don't always have to know the exact path that it's going to take you, just being open to opportunities, understanding your own passions and what gets you excited and following those things. And also speaking to people is huge. I think a lot of times when people are, especially when they're starting entrepreneurial endeavors, they're a little bit nervous and they feel like if they tell people, it's like opening up this door to failure because it's like, oh, people know that I'm doing this and then I don't do well. You know, it's like this whole scary thing, but I think mentorship is huge and being able to speak to people, especially people who have done something similar in the past. It just like people who are listening right now, they, they learn from all of your mistakes and all the things that you've done wrong. So hopefully when it comes, it's not a surprise or, you know, they can avoid it a little bit more. So I think that's really powerful. Exactly. I think it's always important to talk to people, you know, both in the industry that you're pursuing and also outside of it. And you, you just learn so much about different things that you need to look out for and different things to be wary of. Um, you know, if uh, I, I've definitely had plenty of experience talking to Amazon sellers, but the more of it, the better. And I wish I talked more to people about, um, you know, the importance of verifying your distributors and, and doing mm-hmm. all those things that kind of led to those issues that we discussed before, because that could have you know, save me a lot, a lot of time and money. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, those conversations are really valuable. Yeah. So let's talk about the money. I know I'm sure it's like a (laughs) wide range, but yeah, what could people, what should people be thinking in terms of like the e-commerce ballpark? Well, so yeah, that's the thing. Like you said, it's a really wide potential range. You could be doing very little, you know, making little to no sales and not making money at all. Uh, you could be selling millions and making, you know, if you're selling a few million, you could be making a few hundred thousand, or if you're selling tens of millions, you could be making in the millions. Um, and there are so many people out there that are doing it. There's even in like the borough park community, you know, it's become a hub and you see people going around really sellers selling in the tens of millions of dollars. Um, so there, like you said, there's a huge range, um, 
I wouldn't go in with a certain expectation that I'm going to do exactly this much in sales. I think it's important to set targets, to, you know, set realistic targets that you could achieve based on the connections that you have and, and the sourcing ability that you have and, you know, the capability, the, your ability to invest in, in products. Um, but I think it's very hard to say, all right, I'm going to go in and I'm for sure going to sell this many hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars worth of products. Right. Like it, you've it, been saying, you got to be patient. You can't expect these things to happen overnight. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that there's a big range and there are going to be certain years that are better than others. Um, if you deal with something like a suspension and you don't have that other account going, that could turn into a bad year. But mm-hmm. In the bigger picture, um, if you keep your eye on the ball and you just look at the bigger overall scenario, there's just endless opportunity. Yeah. So you were mentioning before that you went to a lot of people for mentorship and you spoke to a lot of people. Um, can you recall like a really good piece of advice that somebody gave you that really sticks with you? Hmm. I need to think about that one a little bit. I mean, I could tell you that it, it might not even be one piece of advice that comes to mind. It's just more, you know, seeing these people in action. Uh, some of the sellers that I, I used to sell to, um, just kind of seeing how they worked, seeing how much they diversified, how much risk they were willing to take. Um, just learning kind of from them, I think, has been the best thing that I've been able to do, even more so than just one line or one quote that they could ever give me. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of learning from the people that are that are doing these things hands-on, I think, is very important. Yeah. And when you say risk, does that mean, like, taking on a product that, like, you don't really know how it's going to do yet, but p- possibly could do you, really well? What does risk look like? Yeah. So w- w- when you're in e-commerce and specifically the kind of form of e-commerce that I'm in, you know, you're constantly, you know, investing, which inherently is risking. Yeah. Uh, It's reminding me so much of the stock market. I feel like a lot of the things that you're saying, it's like looking at trends, like learning, researching, understanding products. Some of them are potentially risky. I don't know. It's having a lot of parallels in my head at least. Yeah. Um, You know, you're, you're always investing, placing orders for kind of when you're dealing with e-commerce as opposed to retail, you're dealing with smaller margins. So you could be placing hypothetically a $10,000 order with the hope that you're just going to make a thousand out of it, which, you know, sounds like a low margin and you're investing a lot for comparatively Mm -hmm. little reward. So, but there is the volume component that with Amazon, you're going to sell more than you would anywhere else. Right. So yeah, investing is a huge part of it, being able to take on that risk, doing it in a manageable way where you're constantly growing the amount of risk that you're taking over time based on your cash flow, based on how much more money you have now to back you in the in, in your bank account. Um, and just making sure that you're never taking too much risk to the point where if you have one issue, it's going to put you out of business. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So we're going to end with our final question, which we always ask, which is if I saw somebody at a party, a social event, and they said, I'm in e-commerce, what's a good follow-up question to learn a little bit more about what they do? Yeah, I think the best question really that you could ask them is how do you manage and grow your business and sustain that growth continuously while Amazon really has full control over you? Um, and, and making sure that you don't run into those issues that could set you back for months or years. Um, how do you continue to grow incrementally and, and find new products and be able to invest more, in more and more products um, to keep on doing as many sales as possible without all the obstacles that Amazon sometimes presents 
mm-hmm. that selling on Amazon presents without those getting in the way. Right. Much. It's so interesting because a lot of times with career paths, it's very like, okay, if you're in marketing, you do things a certain way. It's like kind of standard. But if you're talking about e-commerce, everybody has, I guess, their own real strategy. Although I guess to me that is all jobs, yeah. but like everybody has their own strategy of navigating the market and like the edge that I guess helps them stand out within a huge sea of e-commerce. Absolutely. There's so many, like I mentioned before, there's just so many different ways to do e-commerce. None of them are right or wrong. Um, you know, that's for everybody to kind of just find their own niche within it. And and the sea is huge, you know, for all mm-hmm. of those. There's room for so many people. You know, that's why you don't kind of really feel that giving advice that you're creating competitors because, you know, it's ever-growing opportunity. And, you know, it, it's it's exciting to help people kind of take part in that. Yeah, that's really good thing to say. Because I was, I was thinking about this. I was like, he's giving us all his secrets. <laughs> and, and it was amazing advice, really. Like, I, I feel like I learned a lot. And anybody who's thinking about entering field, like, you gave them so much to think about. But like you said, it's not creating competitors. It's really just everybody has their own way of going about things. And it's so nice to have a community where people can, like, they want to share. They don't feel like, oh, if we talk about this, then you're going to come and take my Exactly. That's something I've seen everywhere. And no matter what the field is that, you know, big successful people are just willing to help you so much. And they never look at you as competition or as somebody trying to get in the way or hurt them in any way. They're just, they're ready. They're there ready and able to help you. Mm -hmm. And that's also amazing advice, which is like, don't ever think that somebody's going to turn you down because they think that you're their competition. And honestly, if they do, it's not the biggest deal, but most of my experience has shown that people don't think like that. Yeah, very few people think like that. And if you do run into somebody who does, you know, there's always somebody else to go to who will help you. Um, So I would never let that get in the way. All right, Eddie. This was unbelievable. I really feel just like you gave such concrete advice, such a good picture of what e-commerce looks like, especially now when it's so relevant to the world that we live in. And I really appreciate you coming on. It was awesome. Really, thank you so much for having me, Carol. This podcast has been unbelievable. It's been an amazing experience to be on it with you. I always love chatting. Your questions were absolutely awesome. Um, and I'm looking forward to talking again sometime soon. Me too, Ed. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you guys for joining this episode of What the Heck Do You Do? We really hope you enjoyed and that you will rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. But more importantly, if you have a job or career that people just don't understand, please email us at whattheheckdoyoudo at gmail.com with your job title and a quick description of what the heck you do. Until next time.